Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. We won't introduce ourselves. We're just going to go straight into this one. Straight into it. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to The Wibs. You know who we are. You know who we are. If you don't, I'm Natasha. I'm Penny. (laughs) That was, that was a very sensual whisper. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so funny being able to hear ourselves now because, like, if they're taking too long, I'll just start doing this on the microphone. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. And it really just it just, it just speeds things up. You it know what? You, we've lost all of our listeners now. Yeah, Thank well, you for I'm that. sorry, so guys. The I'll one never do it again to you. listening in their car, probably in Sorry, mum. somewhere. Hi, mum. <laughs> My mum is our number one listener and your mum. Yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. We love our mums, the main listeners, but that's not about them today. Today, what no. is it about? Today is gut versus data. Which should you follow in decision making? Oh, this is a good one. I think this is a good one because I feel like I used to be big on gut and following your gut and mm. I still am but now I think I drive data-made decisions more and, and encourage them more than I do gut. Yeah. Now, I think it's interesting. I think it really depends on what you're doing. Like when, when we come to making these decisions, like if we're seeing – I guess the world that we work in, like e-commerce, for example, it's really a lot easier um, a lot of the times to make these data-led decisions. It might take time to get there and I think that that's why a lot of the times people may not necessarily want to go for a data-led decision because you need the time for the data to accumulate. But say, for example, if you're making – if you're choosing between two images on a product page on a website, for example, and for those not in e-commerce – Trust me, it makes a difference. You mm. may not think it does, but it does. The psychology of it is wild. But okay, so say for example, you're you're choosing between two product images, and and you can see one has a has a click through rate of like fifty people, and the other one has a click through rate of a hundred people. Like wanting which to- one would you choose? And I've been proven wrong so many times on that as well. Before we go into the juicy bits, let's just define for anyone listening who's like, what do you mean? Like when people hear the word gut, they're like, okay, I take my probiotics, chill. But what do you act, what do we mean by gut versus data? Mm. And I think in this situation, gut refers to intuition, instincts, emotions. It's that feeling in your gut that tells you what to do. You, you kind of like you don't necessarily know why. It just kind of tells you to do it. Yeah, it's it's your instincts, and then yeah. obviously data. On the other hand, no like no surprises. It's about information. It's about the facts. It's about the evidence. Do you mm. have the receipts? Basically. Yeah, do you have the receipts? Absolutely. And that's where it affects like the quality, accuracy, effectiveness of the decisions because I think that they both need to play a part in it. Absolutely. And especially if you've got experience, if you can't, you know, go like uh, example, right? Let's go straight in with an example. Mm-hmm. You've got a candidate that's amazing on paper. They've got huge, like all of these amazing accolades. They've got all of the data. Like the data tells you that they're the perfect person. Mm-hmm. But when you meet them, your gut's just like, oh, there's something not there. Yeah, this in, isn't it. Yeah, that, it's it's not it. So that's a really good example of when those two can conflict and when it's when you need to go with one or the other. And in that situation, I think trust your gut a hundred percent. Like there, there's something that's telling you whether it's, I don't know, body language or a look or whatever it is. It just makes you feel a bit icky. Yeah, and you, we all know that a gut-led decision. So, I mean, it can be informed by our own biases. Like I would be lying oh, yeah. to say if it wouldn't be. That's a good – yeah, I didn't even think of that, yeah. 
but sometimes that's sometimes that's an appropriate thing. And I think that you're when you're holding a, a position at work or in your personal life, whatever it is, you know, you do need to understand when to to lean into one or the other, and being able to, I guess, know yourself well enough to know whether or not the decisions and the, the in instincts that you have need to be kind of like reaffirmed with a bit of data. That's a skill set within itself to be able to yeah. kind of know, okay. Potentially, I might be a little bit biased here. Yeah, Maybe I should do I some further digging. Maybe I should get some some hard evidence to be able to back this up. Well, I think the reality is with this, there is no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. We know that. There's no one size fits all to this question. It's not which one should you do in general in life? Should you follow your gut or should you follow data? No. I think the answer is there's not there's no answer. There's no one size fits all. However, there are different tools that can help you to determine which way is the best way to go. Is it a decided like what you said before about the product image? If you had asked me, I reckon ten years ago, I would have been like, oh, gut, obviously, mm. you can tell. But that's because I didn't realise that the data that we had access to in a situation like that and I have been proven wrong so many times in that situation back to that product image. Like we used to, um, me and my boss at the time, we used to have like back and forth and I'd be like, nah, that's it, that's it, that's it. And then we decided to test it with data and it wasn't until then that I was like, ah, I'm wrong. Yeah. Cool. It happens. It happens apparently. um, I've been the same way too and I think that, like no one wants to be proven wrong by data, but I think that's that's the, the precise reason why you should kind of look to make your decisions a hybrid between the two because yeah. I think that you can really benefit from that. But when, when we think about, okay, the gut-based decision, I think we know generally it's about when you've got things that are a little bit, maybe a little bit more emotionally charged, maybe a little bit more time sensitive. That's when I think you should use your gut. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you should. So when to use your gut is when it, yeah, you're right. It's emotionally charged or it's time sensitive because at that position you can't be like, can you please give me a 20-page report as to why that's the right product? Like if you've got to make a decision, you've got to make it fast. You don't have that. That's where your gut is the most important thing. Like photo shoots are a great example of that. I mean obviously like candidates and and hiring people, like that's a big one too. Like you you have the – I guess the data part of it, but you do need to ultimately make a gut decision on who's yeah. going to be a great fit within a team. Great. But I also think like on those more creative projects, like we, we've we done so many photo shoots together now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that you can almost get analysis paralysis when you're looking at comparison and, and oh. data. Yeah. But ultimately, if you're a, a creatively minded person, you just need to run with instinct on that. It's like, okay, well, I kind of know that this is going to be the thing that's going to work and I maybe I can't explain it or validate in the same way that I need to Mm. with any other decision Mm -hmm. but I just know that this is going to work and nine times out of ten I feel like when I've trusted my gut on those kind of things it's been to our advantage absolutely and I can say the same thing about um, hiring people I know that there's been times where we've hired and I felt like it was the wrong thing to do but I couldn't argue with the data or what we needed at the time Mm -hmm. and I was like well right you maybe you're just getting in your own head. Maybe mm. this is something, you know, and then little things that you pick up, you know, whether it's, as I said before, body language or the way that <laughs> the way that they only shake the men in the room's hand and not mm. yours. Love like that. little things like that. I was like, maybe I'm just being a little bit over the top. Maybe I'm just like, maybe I looked too much into that. Well, no, I didn't because it ended up being completely apparent when that person came into their role Mm. that that's exactly the type of person that they were and that didn't fit in with us at all it can fit into other places you do your thing but in our place it just didn't make sense so I think in that situation yeah you do need to trust your gut because it is quite time sensitive and 
it's not – you need to trust your emotions sometimes. You know, we've spoken about this before where people kind of dramatise emotions in the workplace but I do think that they can be used as power and in this situation trusting your gut and using that emotion to make those decisions is really important. Yeah, that's – yeah, I, I really like that approach of, of how we look at it like that and I think that's a very like practical way to kind of approach gut-made decisions. So then, okay, that's gut. Cool, we got gut sorted. You know what it, You know what to do with your gut. Yeah. You know how that's to – We lean yeah. heavy into the gut. I know and like, I don't know, like every other woman out there, I've got like the biggest gut problems as well. So like when we talk about <laughs> gut, gut's like a trigger word. I'm like, oh, here Hot we go. girls have gut <laughs> issues. <laughs> I know, but this is gut like a positive gut, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the next part then is data. Okay, so cool. So we know how to use – when to use your gut, but when do you start using data? So it's around those decisions that have, I guess, they're a little bit more complex or they have a longer-term implication. So when you're looking at putting something like this together, it's obviously going to be a little bit more time-consuming. It's something that I think if you have a maybe like more than like a, an hour or a day or a couple of days to think about and consider it, that's when you start to look at making those data-led choices because obviously with data you need that time to let it accumulate to be able to kind of then have that put together to make that informed decision. I agree. I also think it plays a huge part for anything long-term. Mm-hmm. So I think that if there's going to be a long-term, you know, implication from data or f- from from a decision, sorry, so like what we just said before, let's go back to the product images the reason that that, you know, I know you might be like, you're just talking about product images, but the reason that this is so important is because of the long-term implications. So if we made a decision that was based on gut and not by data and we made the wrong decision, that could then increase, that could then, you know, say at Christmas time when our traffic was at its all-time high, that's our go time, that's our time to make as much bank as we can because at that point in the mm-hmm. in our like in our careers that was when we would make something like 80% of overall revenue in like 3 months so it is go time if we're not looking at that data mm-hmm. then how do we then we could be you know decreasing the conversion rate from anything from you know 5 to 3% which is huge like yeah. the, these things like add to cart rate conversion rate like they make such a huge implication for volume type businesses that you need to look into it that's an example of like a long-term implication of a data-led decision. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I think that even outside of the e-commerce space, like when you're making decisions, say, for example, you wanted to put together like a pricing structure mm-hmm. for a, a particular product and you think that, say, $60 is a good price to charge for something. Mm-hmm. If you're just saying, I feel like that's a good <laughs> price to charge based on just the fact that you feel like that's what I would spend and pay for the product or that's what I think it, like it would cost in a shop or whatever it would be what are you doing to prove actually it. literally to prove, prove it? it because you you have no idea if you don't look looking at the data there how much does that item cost Absolutely. like what's your actual margin on that physical product if you're not looking at that how is the the instinct – like you could be making a, a 10% margin on a product you're charging $60 for mm-hmm. if you haven't looked at all of your costs properly. And that's where an example, a real-life example of where if you're not looking at the data and the evidence behind making that decision, which could seem like very superfluous at the time between what's the difference between $60 or $70 or $80, for mm-hmm. example, you know, $10 you don't think of it as a, as a long-term implication. But in the long run, mm-hmm. when you compound that – that decision on on a volume basis it's a huge thing absolutely sorry i just like superfluous or whatever it's a really big word i like it yeah, what superfluous. is that how do you say it 
superfluous. Superfluous. Far out. I feel like I can't say things that fast because I just get all like mumbly and weird. I think I do too. <laughs> I liked it. No, 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 that was good. No, but you go, girl. I liked it. it. I love superfluous. Yeah. I really, really liked it. I want, I want to use bigger words. I feel like my vocabulary is just absolutely gone to poo since like life. Um, since but, life. Wow. Since life. Since like especially with AI, I'm just like you be, you be the smart one. I'll be the other guy. That's fair um, enough, I guess. So we'll get you onto like Duolingo or something. We'll <laughs> train you back up. Another way that the data can be used for decision making as well is one thing that I like to do is hold people to account through data. So an example of that is when you were chatting before, one one of the things that popped into my head is when you're working with agencies and I see it as a real sore spot for um, businesses that are looking to scale their teams or to scale their marketing. A lot of different businesses use marketing agencies for all different reasons and I think using data to make decisions is really because you, if you don't know what you're talking about, so say you've got a marketing agency, the reason for that is because one, time poor, or two, you don't really understand the world of marketing. Fair. That's not your skill set. Mm. But when they're starting to say all these words at you and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, like, right, right, you can't really trust your guts. You're in a position where you have to use data. And I think putting it back on, you know, your freelancers or the people that you work with to be like, well, can you give me, um, can you give me some data to support that? Can you give me some data to support that? It'll help give you confidence in your decision making when you're not that sure about what's going on. Yeah, that's actually a really great way of looking at it. It's like data is a great way to act as an additional assurance yeah. but when you're not certain of, I guess, a situation or um, – It's not your skill set. Yeah, exactly, when it's not your skill set. I, I use it I use it for like operations, like anything operational in the business. Oh, my God, a and l are you joking? Like I had to, I had, I had to learn – I had to learn what I needed to know to make the decision, but I didn't necessarily need to know what it was. So I can't make operational decisions based on gut because that's not my skill set. My skill set isn't operational mm. or finance or accounts. It's not it. So when I'm making those decisions, it has to be based on data. Now that could sound, oh yeah, of course, if you're not making money, of course it's based on data. But these are other decisions like that have huge implications, whether it's labor costs, what you said before about margins, whether it's all these different things that, yeah, necessarily, I don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of it, mm. but I need the data. I need to know, okay, well, what did it look like before? What did success look like for in the past? And how do we improve on that? Yeah. Otherwise I can't be a, uh, like my, my past role was in a general manager and I couldn't make those decisions without knowing the past. When you're having to manage a team of people that you have no idea what they do because that's not your skill set, mm. what you need to know is at least what success looks like and what those danger zones are. Yeah, and even when it is your skill set, I think to your point, we were talking about gut-led decisions when it comes to creative processes mm-hmm. and projects before. But on the flip side of it, there's definitely room and space for when you're making creative decisions and using data to, to then drive that. Absolutely. I think a great way and what we – I think we've touched on it maybe on the podcast before is like that A-B split testing. Yes. So looking at, you know, how, holding one group for a piece of creative work and another group for a piece of creative work. And a great example for us, something that I think people would be very familiar with is uh, email subject lines. So uh, yes, it's yes. not something that y- you may – all of our listeners may not have had an opportunity to create their own email subject lines, but I'm damn sure that they've gotten emails before with some really kind of wacky things in them. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why is a lot of marketers, particularly a lot of digital marketers, will then use their um, like software to be able to split test and see the performance yeah. of a subject line. And that's and a great can, example of like exactly. creatively driving data through into your decision-making process. Yeah, and I can share an example of when that didn't work. So I, my gut would tell me that if you slap someone in the face with a offer, they're more likely to open the emails. Uh, we, we had tested, this is just an example, where we had tested like, you know, 15% off store-wide, um, whatever, something very, very, very to the point, yeah. direct. Um, and then we had also tested, you know, um, something, it was more like, 
you know, you'll never believe this. Something yeah. like that with like the little eyes, the little emoji eyes that they go to the side. And I was like, oh, that's so like subtle in the air. No one's going to open that. Well, that one won like no one's business versus the other one. People would rather, would, would rather the mystery of an offer than being slapped in the face with offer. Because like when you actually think about it, they're more, they, the offer could be bigger than 15%, but we've just told them straight up what it is. Yeah. So I think that proved me wrong without anyone. I was like, oh, okay, I need to stop being so like. Yeah, you got to be more mysterious, Mysterious. I know, I have no mystery to me, hence the podcast where I overshare every detail <laughs> about my life. Um, but, yeah, no, I think I think it's based on that. And that's where it comes into play, okay. So that's when you use gut, that's when you use starter. Okay, so when do you use both? And I think there should be a marriage of both of them in most decisions that you make and that's just, I, I think, regardless of whether it's a, um, you know, a completely data-driven decision or a completely gut, there always is going to be a play in it like we spoke about before and it's just that balance of intuition and analysis. Yeah, I, and I think creative examples, I know that this is our space and that's where we lean into but I'm sure there are other very practical applications of this but I think if you use your gut intuition to know as a starting point and then using data to validate that experience yes. and, and confirm that. Like go with your gut but if there's a, a piece of data to be able to affirm that, yes. that's great. And I think let's use the candidate example again. You might meet someone and be like this person would just be fantastic. They would on fit paper. within my team. But no, not even on paper. Say if you go the other way around. Say if you go with a gut decision to start off with like I've met them, I think they would be great, I want to approach them. Yeah. Well then you get them to do maybe a test to validate that. Like say you mm, would get them mm-hmm. to do like a recruitment task um, to see if they're actually worth their salt because you can get a really good feeling from someone but you want to be able to back that up and yeah. make sure that they've got the, I guess, the data behind them to be able to drive and make that decision in terms of a recruitment perspective. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And so they're, the, so they're the like, okay, that's what they should be used for. But I think a really important question is how do we then improve that? Because mm. I think it's really clear on how do we – well, not clear, but there's more clarity around how to improve data-making decisions, um, skills on that you, sense. Use your data. <laughs> you use yeah. your data. Um, know that you don't have to know everything. I think with the data, how to improve in, you know, leading with your with data is you don't have to know everything. You don't need to know how they got there. You just need to know how to interpret it. I think that's a really important thing that I learned because I was so stuck in like – if I'm getting this data, I need to know how they got it. I need, mm. So I was like really, really, really concerned with how to get this data and I wasn't actually tailoring my skills or, or getting really into the interpretation of the data mm. and it wasn't until I nailed the interpretation of data that I wasn't able to nail that certain part of my role. It was prior to that I was just too busy in the weeds yeah, that's to, to so, know. That's actually such a good point because it, it isn't like about like you can have the person that puts together the fancy spreadsheets mm-hmm. whatever and I know that there's so many people out there that are like, spreadsheets aren't that hard, but I find them hard sometimes. I find them completely difficult. But I think it's, yeah, it's that processing skill, that interpretation skill. And honestly, I think this is very topical. It's a very important time to be thinking and considering this because yeah. with the with AI and everything coming into mm-hmm. it, people are going to get a shitload of data. Oh, it's yeah. going to be easier than ever before to get it. But like anything in the world, you can have all the fancy whiz bang tools. You need to then make a decision out of it though. You need to be able to understand and interpret it, what it means. And I think that the more that you practice looking through the data and having, I guess, a goal or an objective out of it, mm-hmm. then that's how you can start to sharpen those skills. Absolutely. And then you've got gut. So like gut's a bit of the like the one in the air. It's like, okay, how do I improve my gut made decisions? And I think in that situation, it's just working on, you know, self-awareness, empathy, mindfulness. Like it's, it's if you're not at your best, your gut's not going to be at its best and your decision-making skills aren't going to mm. be at its best. So like what we've said in the past, and I couldn't agree with this more, is like 
make sure your cup's filled before you make any gut making decisions because your gut is emotional. It's like where all your emotions are and you're all over the place. Yeah. So if you're like anxious or you're, I don't know, a bit shitty or whatever it is and you're not filling up your own cup because you're too busy filling up everyone else's, mm. you're not going to make the right decision. No. Because your gut's going to be tainted. Yeah, exactly. Now, self-awareness there is a really so important, important piece to be able to understand how to better use your gut instincts. But, yeah, that's um, I think that's a really great way to kind of look at things. I loved being able to kind of marry those two together. Yeah. Uh, and I think that no matter which side you lean on, there's validity in both. So where you can try to use them together and yeah. I think you'll you'll end up coming to some really great results for, as a result of that. They're not mutually exclusive. They're complementary. Both approaches are completely fine. It's just about finding a way to work with them together so that you're able to kind of grow both mm-hmm. and make decisions based on both as well. Love it. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe and we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye.